Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. So today's interview is with Brian Klein, the founder and CEO of the Max Challenge. They're a uh, a fitness concept, a unique fitness concept, where they help people to not only lose weight and get in shape, but more importantly, transform their mindset. They've got uh, 80 operating uh, locations and 20 in development, uh, with their first one being started in Manalapan, New Jersey, with just 32 members. Uh, you'll hear in my discussion with Brian, he brings a lot of passion to the table. He's got a tremendous entrepreneurial background uh, and sales background, and you know he discusses uh, very articulately, you know, the way in which the Max Challenge came about, the idea, the way in which he thought about franchising from the time he was 18 years old, and a lot of other good nuggets in this episode. Before we turn to it, though, you know, this episode was recorded on March 24th, and obviously we are in the midst of the COVID-19 uh, health pandemic and crisis, and we talk a little bit about that uh, in this interview as well. But it's not the predominant focus of it, because I do think it's important that as we all deal with these crises, uh, people turn to podcasts and other mediums as a way to escape them a little bit too, free up their mind, get their mind off of the stressful day-to-day -day that certainly everybody uh, is experiencing. But just wanted to say that our thoughts and prayers and minds are, are still thinking about those who are suffering uh, with this. And uh, we wish everybody a speedy recovery and a speedy recovery for the country as a whole uh, to get through this and to get everybody back to work. So without further ado, hope you enjoy this interview with Brian Klein. Hey, Brian, welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How you doing? I am doing absolutely fantastic. And thanks so much for having me today, Josh. Well, absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's a uh... It's a unique time, right? I mean, we're dealing with uh, COVID-19. Everybody's kind of uh, on pause right now, but kudos to you. And, and, and that's not stopping us from having this interview because at a certain point going forward, I mean, we don't know when that will be, but at, at some point we're going to get back to whatever the new reality is. And part of that new reality, just like the old reality, is going to be people uh, running businesses, growing businesses, running franchises, growing franchises. So that's obviously what you do, what you're accustomed to, and what you've built with the Max Challenge. Tell me a little bit, just to kind of kick this off. I know you are a serial entrepreneur and have had success uh, in other businesses as well, but specifically to the Max Challenge business, tell the listeners what it is and how you came up with the concept. Sure. So the Max Challenge is is a really actually it's a it's a very unique business, and the way that I came up with it is is a very personal story. Uh, Twenty years ago, when my wife was pregnant with our first child, uh, we got the best news that she was pregnant. But shortly thereafter, we got the the worst news that uh, the pregnancy wasn't going as expected. And like most first time parents would be, we were absolutely devastated. And after a very long haul, our 
child was born healthy, but under two pounds. So you could imagine oh, wow. that. Yeah. You could imagine the stress that that brought into our lives. And you know, I was a, a fitness fanatic at the time. I owned a fitness business. I owned several fitness businesses. I was a fitness fanatic, but I got thrown off track and I gained literally, Josh, over a hundred pounds. Wow. And, you know, when I finally realized how far I let myself go and started to work on getting myself back into shape, I realized the struggle. I realized how hard it was for people to find the right coaching because you walk in and out of these gyms every single day and nobody says anything to you about what you're eating. You know, people go in and out. No one says anything about what eating. Even if they do go to the gym, the large majority of people that have a gym membership don't use it. So I start to realize there was a tremendous opportunity to combine fitness, nutrition, and motivation to help people make absolutely amazing changes in their lives. And, and that's what we did. That was the beginnings of the company. Well, and so prior to the company, you had worked in sales for a number of years, but had you owned a business prior to starting the Max Challenge? Yes, I owned uh, several businesses. Actually, I, I never had a job. I was one, I'm one of those people that never had a job. I mean, everybody's heard these stories of people who right out of high school start a business and then, you know, it basically just go their entire life without ever getting a, a paycheck. I've never gotten a paycheck from anybody else but myself. Um, I owned martial arts schools. I owned fitness businesses, and uh, so it's always it's it's been in the fitness space. It's always been in the fitness space ever since I'm literally 18 years old. So you have this idea, you have this thought. You obviously go through a tremendously traumatizing experience, and now what do you do then to put it together? Obviously, you're you're building on or off of your experience from previous businesses. So what are the steps that you then take? to take this idea and put it into a tangible concept? Well, step one is just getting into action, right? Because I could tell you, even for an experienced entrepreneur, especially because I already had a business and the business was doing, the businesses that I had were doing well, you know, in, in my mind's eye, I was thinking, you know, what am I doing? I'm going down this path and I'm going to distract myself from all these other things that I've got. But I realized that the power of the idea that I had was strong enough that I had to take the first step. I had to go into action. What made you realize that? I mean, that's a really interesting point because, and I think for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have a lot of ideas and especially entrepreneurs, right? You know, the joke, uh, the, you know, uh, an idea a minute. And so there's a lot of, what was the, obviously the traumatizing event and it, was there anything else that where you said to yourself, you know, I've got to go do this. This is not one of those that, you know, just came to mind and I can forget about tomorrow. Because I think a lot of people who go through and experience a similar thing struggle with which ideas do you jump on and which ideas do you let pass by so that you can stay focused? Oh, definitely. For sure. You know, well, first is, you know, how big, how, what, what is it that you're looking to achieve, right? So in other words, you got to know in your heart what you want financially out of the business, right? Because look, if you get into a business that doesn't have the scalability to reach your financial wants and needs and goals and dreams, it's going to become a frustration, right? You're fighting an uphill battle. So you got to look at it and say, is this an opportunity worth pursuing from a financial perspective? And I think that that's, you know, one of three incredibly important pillars that I would encourage every single entrepreneur that was in, you know, saying, you know, this is an idea. Is this an idea worth pursuing? 
Number one, I'd say, does it have financial legs to help me achieve my financial dreams? But just as importantly, at least for me, and I think for the large majority of franchisees, is I don't want to be one of those people that climbs a ladder of success just to say that I climbed the wrong ladder. So is this something that I can truly be passionate about, that uh, lifts me up spiritually, that I feel like I'm adding value to the lives of others? And for me, that's incredibly important. I want something I can feel good about. Right. I want to know that at the end of the day, yeah, I'm making money, but I'm also making a worthwhile contribution. So the second pillar is, is this something that I could be passionate about? Because Josh, you know this too. I'm sure you see this with a lot of your clients. If it is in a business that you're passionate about, when it gets a little tough, it's going to become that much easier just to bail out on the idea. You know, you really need to have a passion seeing it through to the end. And then the third pillar is, can I be the best in the world at this. And, you know, when I say that, a lot of times people think that I'm I'm exaggerating or just making it bigger than what it needs to be. And I don't think so. I really do truly feel like the third pillar is, can I be the best in the world? And for me, what that meant was in that first unit, we opened up in a town called Manalp in New Jersey, right? So when we opened it up, I said, can I be the best in the world at a combination of fitness, nutrition, and motivation in Manalp in New Jersey? Because the world so the people in Manalpin is Manalpin, New Jersey. And the answer is yes. There's nobody else that combines those elements in that way. And that's what allowed it to succeed. But ultimately, these three pillars, the financial pillar with the passion and the best in the being the best in the world, it to me, that's a recipe for success. And if you could check all three of those boxes, then you owe it to yourself to just go for it. Well, and so in those early days when you're obviously taking it to concept, you're you're fulfilling the concept of it. How did you go about doing that? I mean, did you, you know, did you open up the first location and just do trial by error and then, you know, quickly pivot it? Or did you did you plan everything out in more detail and then launch or or a combination thereof? I would say it's a combination thereof. And the the, the part that I planned out meticulously was you know uh, Stephen Covey, who's a, a great motivational speaker and uh, you know uh, has great thoughts on business. Um, he always said, "Begin with the end in mind," right? And so I, I painted a vivid picture of what this business would look like when it was done. And I didn't worry so much about the intermediate steps and all the minor details. I just said, "This is what it's going to look like when it's done," and then you know went all the way to the beginning and said, what's the first thing that I need? What's the second thing that I need? What's the third thing that I need? What's the fourth thing that I need? And just put those basic systems in place. And the rest of it, you know, was guided by the fact that I had this vision of where I wanted it to be when it was complete. And then just started marching forward from the fourth uh, system. We developed the fifth, the sixth, as we started to gain clarity as to exactly what was needed in order to achieve the uh, ultimate goal. But starting off with that vision, with that clear picture of what we wanted it to look like in the end was essential to the growth that we've experienced. Did you start off with the idea of franchising in mind or did you come to that at a later time? Well, I actually have a, have a crazy story about that. So, Well, we got to hear it, Brian. Yeah, that's actually, it's insane. I um, I think it's insane. I'm I, I curious to think what other people think. I'm curious to what you think. But uh, when I was 18, I was obsessed with franchising. I mean, it was like a sickness. Like my, I was uh, dating my wife at the time. And I remember her saying like, it's it's so weird. You're so strange. You're like bothering all these people. I, I, I used to be 
friendly with the local uh, franchise owner of the local McDonald's. And I, I became friendly with him because I just would, would go to his restaurant, sit down with him and just ask him question after question. My wife would say, just leave this poor guy alone, for God's sakes. <laughs> Same thing with FedEx. I, I was just, you know, just obsessed. It's not a franchise, but I was obsessed with, you know, the systems that they use to get these packages on time, every time exactly as promised. So I, I was studying this my my whole life. I was thinking of franchising. I wanted to scale my business. And when I was 18, I went into a local franchise attorney's office just because on his uh, shingle outside his his office on a city street by where we live, it said franchise attorney. So I go in there. He was uh, nice enough to give me his time. He basically put me through his whole pitch. And at the end, no matter what the price was to uh, turn my business into a franchise, it might as well have been a million bucks because I was 18 and I had no money. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I went back and figured out how to get it done without we licensed or whatever. And we, we, we created a little, uh, you know, we, we, we scaled that business to the degree that, that we were able to at the time. But when I had this idea and I saw the scalability and I knew that I was onto something, I immediately went back to the same franchise attorney's office, sat in the same chair, with the same guy, literally 30 years later, well, 20 years later, 20 some odd years later. And, uh, you know, he didn't remember me, but I told him the story. I'm like, I sat in the same exact chair in the same exact table in the same exact office 20 years ago, but now I'm ready to basically knock it out of the park because this idea is scalable beyond belief. And we're going to help literally hundreds of thousands of people across America get into the best shape of their lives. He looked at me like I was nuts. You know, he said, you know, people get their FDD and their FA and they don't sell a franchise for months. I said, how fast could you get it to me? Because, you know, we've got we're going to get this thing rolling pretty quickly. And this was just with one location you had open. Yeah, it was just with one location, probably about six months of uh, track history at that time. We, we ran that for about nine months and then we start to scale that we had about we had six uh, company-owned units opened, and then we started uh, franchising. Wow, that is a that's a. I mean, it's it's so unique. First of all, because most, I mean, I've done gosh over three hundred interviews. I think uh, over the last seven years of doing this podcast, and and of course, in working with uh, people in franchising on a daily basis, you know, the typical story is the franchisor didn't even think about franchising until, you know, a bunch of people came in and said, Hey, is this a franchise location? Cause I'd like to open one. And that got the franchisor's mind thinking about that. So you're definitely a unique uh, case that you sort of saw the concept and the benefits of it and had an interest in it. Gosh, from a very young age. I mean, from that point when you met, obviously the 20 years later, you're now getting the FDD going. Did you have your ops manual? ready to go? Or was that a work in progress as well as you were going through and uh, the lawyer was developing the FDD? Well, the ops manual is always a work in progress and it's always shifting and moving. And, you know, we're getting rid of the old and putting in the new and, and innovating and making it better. But, you know, I knew from the beginning, even, even in, uh, you know, the first classes that we taught, you know, were very uh, structured and we had, you know, very clear systems, the way the phones were answered, you know, so, um, you know, it's evolved over time and it, it's continuing to evolve the operations manual. But um, I think I had a, a unique perspective in that I, I'd been running uh, businesses from an entrepreneurial perspective for a period of time. And I wanted to make sure that from the outset, you know, as part of achieving that 
vision that I talked about earlier on. I wanted to make sure that we 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 implemented a systems perspective from day one. So that's something that we really embraced from day one. And luckily so, because I think it would be a real bear to go back and try to document everything that you're doing uh, after the fact. Oh, for sure. I mean, people surprisingly do it, which blows my mind. It is not the recommended course of action, but you're right. I mean, an ops manual is, it's a living and breathing document. And if it's not evolving, then my guess is your franchise isn't that successful <laughs> because you're you're always having to look at innovating, innovating yeah. your processes, your systems, your technologies, how you're working with the franchisees, all those sorts of things. So as you got this going, right, and you, you, you're now launched your franchise, you've got several corporate locations, what was your thought process and strategy to then go and grow it? I mean, that to me is one of the things that gets a lot of people hung up. They get excited about the prospect of becoming a franchise and they get all involved in the process and then they become a franchise and it's like, okay, what's next? I mean, I think for a lot of franchisors, they don't realize that when you become the franchisor, now you're wearing a different hat. You know, now your primary responsibility should be to certainly take care of the locations that you have, but also to have a focus on the growth of the system and the growth of the brand. So how did you approach that with the Max Challenge? You know, it's interesting, but we basically apply the same basic business principles that we would apply to running a center. In other words, you know, our philosophy around customer or in our case, member satisfaction is that, you know, we want to just wow people. We want them to be so impressed with the service that they receive. And most importantly, we want to deliver on our promise to our members, meaning our promise to them is to help change your lives in 10 weeks, you know, or your money back, not just change, but literally transform them physically, mentally, emotionally in 10 weeks or their money back. So that's a big promise to fulfill, but we do it. And because we do, what happens is word of mouth goes up. The cost for lead generation goes down. The complexity for converting leads to you know sales, that goes down as well. So your cost goes down, your leads go up, you get a lot of word of mouth. And we applied that same principle to growing as a franchise brand. You know, We want to make sure that we're providing a level of support, that we're literally shepherding our franchisees through the process of growing their own individual businesses so that when, first of all, so that it generates a high degree of word of mouth right? And fantastic candidates that are coming to us by way of hearing about the brand or engaging directly with it. And then number two is it provides us with, you know, the ability to lower our lead generation costs, just as we have on the member facing side. So, you know, what's paramount to us is taking care of our franchisees at the the highest level and making sure that they're strong validators and that they're getting what they expected and then some, you know, but they say like, it's it's just like if you were running a retail shop, you know, don't over promise and then under deliver, under promise and then over deliver. And that's what we're doing with our franchisees. And it, it's proving to work. It's It's working fantastically to develop a really strong organic growth. Well, yeah, you've got, what, I think over 80 locations at this point, 20 in development, uh, going pretty strong. It seems like the hook is this 10-week challenge. And what I mean by that is I, I'm not not—I'm saying that in a complimentary way. A lot of good franchise systems have the hook that they can become known for, that they can differentiate themselves with in the marketplace. And it seems to me like that's 
the max challenges hook is that whole 10 week challenge. Am I right on that? You're definitely right. And again, it comes back to the the premise that it was founded on, you know, to help people transform their lives and in 10 weeks. And we do that through fitness classes, which there's a lot of brands that have fitness classes, right? So that's not our key differentiator, but when you combine it with motivation, which is key because you know what? The large majority of brands, they don't care whether you're in the class, you're not in the class. They'd rather you're not in the class because then you're not using the facilities, messing it up. And that's the truth. 70% of the people that buy a fitness membership don't use it. But then on top of it, this nutrition component really, truly does turbocharge the process and people get such astounding results that they literally become walking billboards. And that's amazing for our franchisees as well. Well, yeah, you have a lot of testimonials on your website you know, from people who have gone through that program and, and participate in the gym. T- tell me, I mean, obviously this is a audio podcast, but paint the picture for somebody listening of if they walk into one of your gyms, what's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? What's the experience supposed to be? Well, I'll tell you what it looks and feels like first, right? So they walk into the facility and it's a big open room. The floors are uh, matted. There's some heavy bags there. There's some light equipment there, but nothing that has to be plugged in, nothing that requires a lot of maintenance. And the whole idea there is that we keep the costs low and we keep the space open so that we could fit a lot of people in the classes. And ultimately, the experience is creating an extreme sense of community that extends far beyond the four walls of the center. So as a fast example of the experience that a member would receive, we know that as an example, the large majority of our members are women. And most of those people haven't exercised either in a year, five years, 10 years. And and many of them haven't exercised ever before in their lives, right? So these are people that might be intimidated. They might even have anxiety to show up for their first day. So in our program, to give you a clear picture of what somebody would experience is everybody starts on a Monday. And we know that that Monday, the Sunday before that Monday, that person is still deciding in their mind, even though they've paid for their 10-week session, they're still deciding whether or not they're going to show up because they haven't exercised in a year, five years, or maybe forever. So what do we do? We call them the night before. And there's a, a scripted presentation that the franchisee or the manager of the center takes them through that encourages them to show up. Then when they show up, there's somebody waiting for them at the door to make them feel comfortable. Then they take them through the process. They explain our nutrition program to them. So it's a really engaging program that not only you know captures them initially to sign up for the program, but truly captures their hearts and uh, gives them the confidence, not just to even follow through with the first day, but to follow through with the entire 10 weeks. And that's why people are making these incredible changes in their lives. So on the franchisee side, obviously now you've got a number of franchisees. Who's your ideal franchisee? I mean, what are the characteristics that they're going to bring to the table uh, that you found with this particular model that you found success with? So number one is a person with a growth mindset. You know, people who are constantly looking to challenge themselves, that are looking to learn new things that are looking to step out of their comfort zone, those people are absolute incredible fits for our brand. And the second piece to that is, do they have the quality of truly wanting to share 
those attributes or those experiences, the growth mindset with others, right? People who really have a passion for seeing other people's success, they really truly do get a lot out of this business, not just the financial returns, but the return, you know, that they feel so engaged that they're doing something wonderful, giving back to their community and providing a valuable service that people put a value on. Obviously, you know, with everything with COVID-19 and the momentary pause that we're in, I'm, I'm sure like everybody else with the economy being basically shut down, what are, I mean, are there things with, with this franchise system, um, online protocols, trainings, uh, so forth, that you guys either had in place or are now trying to put in place, not just to deal with this situation, I mean, certainly to deal with this situation, but in addition as you go forward, I mean, and maybe you're thinking about this right now. I mean, I don't, I don't expect a, a, a full answer, but I think as we look towards where we are now and where franchise businesses are going, I think all of them are sitting around thinking, okay, how do we get through this? But then how do we make ourselves better coming out of this? So we've literally uh, sprung into action and converted every single one of our centers to an online experience. And, uh, you know, it didn't go without uh, hard work. It took, you know, a, a 24-7 effort. By How'd you do that? I mean, how'd you do that so fast? Like- how do we do it? Well, we were already investigating online options. So that wasn't like, you know, we completely had no idea as to what we were doing. But that was like a year ago. We put that project on pause. Then this hit. And literally a week before the government mandated closures, right, because gyms were mandated by the government. This isn't safe. We've got to close you folks down for the time being. A week before that, I said, guys, this isn't safe. Let's just, before they tell us, let's be ahead of the curve. Let's convert to digital. And so probably uh, that was two weeks before. And literally for a week straight, uh, we have an in-house videographer. We had an in-house videographer work with our in-house fitness coaches. They started filming content that we would be able to stream over the internet in order to keep people engaged in that manner. Then we began to coach our franchisees up on using uh, software so that we could stream live classes from their centers to their members. And I mean, we worked at it 24-7. We we went live on the internet and uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. I'm not going to say that we haven't taken a financial hit because, you know, it's it's a shift. We're completely, you know, and, and not everybody wants to go along with the with this and people are just nervous too right so they're nervous they're concerned well, there's a pause i mean you know there's nothing there's nothing you know people are just paused right now until we figure out in large degree but luckily you know we we call it building a white picket fence right so we got this membership base 30,000 people that engage in the max challenge uh you know community uh practically every single week meaning when things are regular we have 30,000 people that are taking the class on a weekly basis i said Let's build a white picket fence around that. Let's pause from seeking new business and just protect what we've got and get people engaged in the online experience so that we get through this in the best way possible. And the franchisees have been absolutely amazing. We jump on a Zoom call every day at one o'clock, a hundred people on a Zoom call every single day at one o'clock since this started to talk about best practices, to talk about how we're deploying the online strategy. And then also, and probably just as importantly, if not more importantly, to lift each other up and make sure that we're taking care of each other, you know, emotionally, uh, because it's it's tough. It's tough for a lot of people, but together we'll get through it. And like you said before, 
we'll come back out of this even stronger because it's going through this experience in the way that we are. Well, and you're kind of ground zero. I mean, you're in New Jersey, but New York, I mean, far and away has the most cases by leaps and bounds uh, throughout the country and going through the worst of it, uh, for sure. Tell me, with these new programs, because it's interesting you say that. I mean, even you know, with my firm and, you know, the law firm and, and other businesses, a lot of people, you know, I've been able and been working remotely on and off for a long period of time. I love technologies, but for a lot of people who have been hesitant or resistant to do it, this has forced them into it, which I think has shown a lot of people the advantages of it. You know, the advantage of, of in your case, adding a digital uh, component, live streaming, I assume going forward after this, you're going to, you're probably in the midst of figuring out a way as to how you're going to add that to the in-person experience, which will come back eventually. There's absolutely no doubt, right? There, you know, what we've learned from this, um, you know, as far as coming together as a team and how much we could accomplish in a short amount of time when we needed to is outstanding. And as far as, you know, the technology, I think people really do appreciate the ability to stay with their normal routine. And that extends far beyond uh, this, this event that we're all experiencing now. In other words, there's people who work in the city, they missed their class because they couldn't make it that day. Now they could you know, either take a live streaming class or you know, view one of the many classes that are in our, uh, you know, our repository that we have saved. And I think people are really going to value that. And you know what? There's something good that comes out of every situation if you let it. And I think this is one of those good things, this virtual experience. Well, as a final question before we go, you've now been uh, through franchising. You've had the dream of franchising for a long time. What would you tell somebody who's contemplating it right now, who's listening in, who's got that business that they want to turn into a franchise or that they're teetering on the verge of turning into a franchise? There's a million things I'm sure you could tell them, but what's probably thinking back on your experience, the most important thing that you could tell them right now? I would just emphasize, you know, reemphasize some of what you spoke about earlier, that this new business that you were engaging in, right, you're now becoming a, a business that supports small businesses. And that's your primary function is to serve the franchisees. And, you know, we're no longer a business that serves the members, the end customers. We're a business that serves the franchisees. My business has shifted from helping people transform their lives through fitness, nutrition, and motivation, which is the end product, to also, and more importantly in this discussion, a business that helps people transform their lives positively, financially, from business ownership. And you got to really make sure that that is what you want from it, because plenty of people don't, and that's perfectly fine. But if you do, then it's a fantastic opportunity. And then I would say, just go for it. If you want to learn more about the Max Challenge, you can go to their franchising website at themaxfranchising.com. You can learn about the business itself at themaxchallenge.com, and you can go on to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you, you name it and throw in the Max Challenge, and I am confident you're going to find them there. Thank you, Brian, so much for coming on. I think this has been very informative, and I think your passion for what you do really, really shines through. So thank you so much, and I wish you the best of luck in the future. Thank you, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having this opportunity. 
Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says Ratings and Reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.